the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This talk for the corner office CEO and the blue collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The GOP fight for the White House comes to the state of Florida today. At the Republican Florida Freedom Summit in Orlando, former President Trump is working to expand his support and bury the presidential aspirations of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis has been struggling in the polls, as Trump had predicted even before DeSantis had announced his candidacy. Ron DeSanctimonious at... 10%. Trump has picked up endorsements from Florida Senator Rick Scott and state lawmaker Randy Fine, who had been a longtime DeSantis ally. That is correspondent Jackie Quinn reporting. A strong earthquake has shaken northwestern Nepal. Officials say at least 128 people are dead and dozens more injured as rescuers search mountainous terrain and villages. It's feared the death toll could rise. This is SRN News. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-939-1331. That's 800-939-1331. 800-939-1331. Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? And all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention? Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news. The life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe with whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440, second hour today, hour of the Fed. Um, we, won't, we won't play a full uh, 50 minutes of Jay Powell. No one can stay awake through all that. But I will say he um, had himself a pretty interesting, uh, interesting set of, uh, of conversations of talking about his prepared, st- I'm talking about both his uh, prepared statement and one Q&A that I thought was just fascinating. So again, uh, in the last hour during the jobs report, I mentioned the FOMC statement. So so if you're new to the show, welcome. Um, we often take the, the eight times a year in which the Federal Reserve uh, makes its uh, policy pronouncements and uses a time to sort, uh, sort of figure out where is policy going. Um, there were questions asked at this particular uh, conversation that I had not heard them do previously, and there were conversations that they didn't do this time that I thought, why didn't you ask that question? Here's the one that I wish they had asked. And I know they don't because he won't give you a square answer, but someone needs to ask, what do you think of the uh, rollout of... Uh, the plans by the U.S. Treasury for how many additional bonds they're putting into the market and the maturities of those securities. Because basically the, the, um, the Treasury is trying to avoid having to pay uh, higher interest rates on long-term securities by issuing a lot of short-term stuff, which is fine if it works, but if it doesn't work, you have... Uh, Quite, you have quite a problem on your hands. So, during the in the meeting, it's in the uh, statement itself. Um, I'm going to read the way it read in the way it read in September, and then the way it read in in uh, November on November first on Wednesday. And in that first paragraph, you'll hear that they sound almost identical. See if you can pick up the differences. In September, they said. Recent indicators suggested that economic activity has been expanding at a solid pace. Job gains have slowed in recent months, but remain strong, and the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation remains elevated. That was the entire first paragraph in September. In November, on on Wednesday, they write, Recent indicators suggest the economic activity expanded at a strong pace in the third quarter. Job gains moderated since earlier in the year but remain strong and the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation has remained elevated. There's really no difference between those two paragraphs. They did a little bit of tweaking. They went from saying solid to strong in the third quarter. They went from saying job gains had slowed to job gains had moderated. But slowed and moderated are, you know, like different flavors of vanilla. That's not really a change. The next 
the only other change they made in the entire statement was was in this one sentence. Tighter financial and credit conditions for households and businesses are likely to weigh on economic activity, hiring, and inflation. Unquote. The words financial and were added to this report were not there before. Tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, it said before, but now it says tighter financial and credit conditions. This ends up being important for the for the press conference because there was a lot of emphasis, a lot of emphasis laid on that that particular piece of um, that particular piece of the uh, of the of the statement. Uh, I can't tell you how much, but it was a lot. Um, so in the press conference itself, as repeat listeners surely know by now. There's a, they last about 45 to 50 minutes. There's typically a six to seven minute prepared statement given by the chair. And then a series of questions being asked by, by the press. I've got three clips for you first that we'll play in this segment that come from his prepared statements. They don't sound very different from what he, he's given before, but I thought they were noteworthy for us to say again, and gave, and, and in particular to give you what's the Fed's view of what of what's happening in the economy right now. What are what are they thinking? So let me begin first with the statement about about what they're doing with policy. This is cut number eight. The stance of policy is restrictive meaning that tight policy is putting downward pressure on economic activity and inflation, and the full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt. Today, we decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. Given how far we have come, along with the uncertainties and risks we face, the committee is proceeding carefully. Right. So they they are – sorry, I I broke in one sentence too soon – the stance is restrictive, meaning they re- they believe that their rate is a is at a level that is above what it would be if the economy was at two percent inflation and its view of what full employment would be. So, okay, and so that means that he says tight policy putting downward pressure on economic activity and inflation, and then adds. The full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt. Then says, says they held the policy rate constant and continue to reduce our securities holdings. In other words, quantitative tightening is still happening. And we've gone through several meetings where they say this and it goes simply unchallenged. That changed this time. We'll play you the clip in which he's asked, well, we'll... What's going on with quantitative tightening? Why, why are you doing that? Um, if you thought you were near the top, wouldn't quantitative tightening come to an end? Uh, and he, anyway, I'll leave that. I'll leave that there. Um, and continues to say that things are going meeting by meeting. Let's let's move on because we're going to listen to what he thinks is happening first in labor markets, and then what's happening with inflation. This is his labor market prepared statement. 
Cut number nine. Over the past three months, payroll job gains averaged 266,000 jobs per month, a strong pace that is nevertheless below that seen earlier in the year. The unemployment rate remains low at 3.8%. Strong job creation has been accompanied by an increase in the supply of workers. The labor force participation rate has moved up since late last year, particularly for individuals aged 25 to 54 years, and immigration has rebounded to pre-pandemic levels. Nominal wage growth has shown some signs of easing, and job vacancies have declined so far this year. Although, although the jobs-to-workers gap has narrowed, labor demand still exceeds the supply of available workers. Now compare that to what Raphael Bostic, president of, the, president of the Atlanta Fed, voting on this particular statement. So he agreed to this statement, says in response to the jobs report on Friday. Let me go back and play this clip one more time. This is cut number one. What I will say is I'm pleased with the number. It came in at a level that is consistent with what my outlook has been, and it really tells me that our policies are really starting to work through the economy in a way that can help us get to our 2% target for inflation uh, with minimal pain is what I'm hoping for. Right. So payroll job gains over the three months now, including October, much lower than than we had previously, right? So they're now back. They're now back uh, at uh, at a level at a at a level that uh, would give you an averaging of about two hundred and ten thousand rather than two sixty six. Wages did decline or did decline decline, but they're still at four point one percent. I would argue wage inflation might not be consistent with that. And that takes me then to what Jay Powell says in the prepared statement. Um, at the press conference on Wednesday. This is then cut 10. Excluding the volatile food and energy categories, core PCE prices rose 3.7%. Inflation has moderated since the middle of last year, and readings over the summer were quite favorable. But a few months of good data are only the beginning of what it will take to build confidence that inflation is moving down sustainably toward our goal. The process of getting inflation sustainably down to 2% has a long way to go. And indeed, wage inflation at 4% over the last 12 months, you would have to argue, is above the goal. Now, if you, if you shorten the filter, if you say, well, what did it do in the last six months or the last three months? It's certainly growing at less than 4% once you, put the, once you shorten that window. But given what happened with... Uh, with the writer's strike coming to an end, with the UAW strike coming to an end, with substantial wage gains there, and, the, and um, a graphic I saw where union wage increases, what's been bargained over the, last, uh, over the last quarter, wage gains in the first year of a, of a union, unionized contract are over 6%. I think it's hard to say that we've yet to move toward the inflation level we want. If I look at the labor market, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that after these messages, you're listening to the King Banyan show on the biz 1440.
What is dedication? I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Some days I feel so down. I can barely get out of bed. Is this depression? Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment, and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. The Ramsey Show. I don't want to be the little pig in the straw house anymore. I'm going to get my crap together. I'm going to get out of debt and have an emergency fund. I'm going to be the little pig in the brick house so when the wolf comes and blows, I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and i got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. No-nonsense financial talk. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 here on The Biz 1440. The Ramsey Show. I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. live on The Biz 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, 651-289-4477, the number to call. It's the hour of Powell, uh, the FOMC press conference having happened on Wednesday. The Fed choosing to keep rates steady but continue reducing its balance sheet, which is, uh, we've argued, means that uh, effectively the, the policy rate is being increased by that action. Um, that policy rate continues to rise. Uh, there's data that we use from or analysis done by the San Francisco Federal Reserve that 
imputes the effective Fed funds rate that occurs because you've reduced the amount of uh, the amount of uh, securities, uh, Treasury securities that are in the market, and that number continues to rise. But none, nonetheless, uh, you 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 have this. So let me let me then. So we've played three cuts from the that have said. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we think is happening in labor markets. Here's what we think is happening in, in terms of inflation. Acknowledges that there's been a few good months, but says, "Hey, we still have we still have a fairly long way ago to go." He's then being asked about. Um, he's then being asked about uh, 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 what's going to happen next, and this is and this comes this comes from a question. That I'm pretty sure was handpicked, um, because as I said in the statement itself, they included the words "financial" in describing tighter financial and credit conditions for households and businesses. And there's some thought that had been expressed by several Fed officials over the last month that higher Treasury rates was doing the work of raising the Fed funds rate for the Federal Reserve. And so right out of the gate, here comes someone who normally gets called in the last third of the meeting, which is when most people have already tuned it out. Uh, but they bring the, they have this guy ask the first question because I got a feeling they kind of knew this question was going to come and said, yeah, I want to answer that one right away. Um, and, and this was, question was about to what you reference the rise in long-term bond yields, to what degree is that the planned action by the Fed at this meeting? I think by which he means, to what extent was that the substitute for raising rates yourself? And, and Powell gives this answer. Let's play this. This would be cut 11. Obviously, we're, we're monitoring, we're attentive to the increase in longer-term yields, and which have contributed to uh, a tightening of broader financial conditions since the summer. As I mentioned, persistent changes in broader financial conditions can have implications for the path of monetary policy. In this case, the tighter financial conditions we're seeing from higher long-term rates, but also from other sources like the stronger dollar and, and lower equity prices, could matter for future rate decisions as long as two, two conditions are satisfied. The first is that the tighter conditions would need to be persistent, and uh, that is something that remains to be seen. Um, but, but that's critical. We're, you know, if things are fluctuating back and forth, that's not what we're looking for. With financial conditions, we're looking for persistent changes that are material. The second thing is that, that, that the, the longer-term rates that have moved up, they can't simply be a reflection of, of expected policy moves from us. Uh, that we would then, if, that if we didn't follow through on them, then then the, then the rates would come back down. These are very interesting. This is one of the two most interesting parts of the entire press conference in terms of the Q&A. Because what he's saying is if the Fed fund, if interest rates are rising because you think the Fed's going to raise rates, then that's going to force the Fed to have to follow through. This is why, this is why I believe there's been so much discussion about whether this rise in long-term rates is because of expected inflation, or is it because of the term premium, 
or so forth. Because if it's expected inflation, then the, res- then the response of the Federal Reserve has to be to raise rates. You cannot, you cannot disappoint market participants as a result of, as a result of uh, your actions in your, you can't disappoint them by leading them to think you're going to raise rates than not do it. So they're trying to figure out why is, why are long-term interest rates going up? And as long as they believe it's because of either a greater supply of treasuries in the market, which they'll wave their hand at and go, well, that's a technical factor. No, it's not. It's a fundamental part of the of the economy right now that government is spending almost $2 trillion more than it's bringing in in tax revenue, and it's putting the rest on the credit card. That's not a technical factor. <laughs> I'd it kind of annoys me when they say that. Or simply, is it, the, is it just, in general, has there been a pullback of, in, pullback of uh, available credit to borrowers? Because that is, in fact, what they are looking for. And if they see that happening without them acting, if they see banks and, and financial firms pulling back from financing additional spending by households and businesses... That would be a substitute for Fed policy. And so Powell is admitting to this fact that they are, they are sitting and watching these raising rates and saying, maybe I don't have to do this, but if it turns out they raise them only because they think we have to raise rates. do And I think the connector between those is they have to come to some decision about what they think the market believes about expected inflation. And that's where that spread between what you what interest you can what interest you're paying for or receiving for an insurance protected security from the Treasury versus a not inflation protected security from the Treasury. That difference is the expectation of inflation. That rate is currently living somewhere in that in about two and a half percent. That two and a half percent over a five year period. That would be consistent with having inflation get back down to two percent two years from now, so that you would get basically three, then two and a half, then two, then or two two two. Two one and two or something that gets you on that path back down to two. As long as that rate stays like that, then the Fed might say, "Well, I'm looking at those. I'm looking at those that tip spread, in thinking I'm okay not raising rates." But if the tip spread were all of a sudden to widen, meaning that there's more expected inflation out there, the Fed probably would be compelled to follow through and raise rates themselves. So that's in fact what they're saying. He follows up that answer with with something something a little bit along that same line, because um, he's asked about um, are you net? Co- you, you seem to imply that you are not yet confident that financial conditions are restrictive enough to finish the fight. He's asked that question by uh, by this reporter that asked the previous one, and this is his answer to that. This is cut twelve. 
you know, to say it a different way, we haven't made any decisions about, about future meetings. Um, we have not made a determination, uh, and we're not, I will say that we're, we're not confident at this time that we've reached such a stance. We're not confident that we haven't, but we're not confident that we have. Indeed, um, they they come out and say a little later on in, a, in an answer to a question from uh, from Nick Timoros a little bit later, um, and I didn't save this one. Um, he's asked the question about um, he's asked the question about whether or not the the uh, whether or not the board staff came to them with a prediction that there had been a, that whether or not there's going to be a recession. And he says, well, I don't really want to answer that, but you're going to read it in the minutes anyway, so I might as well tell you we're not predict we don't have a recession forecast in our current in our current forecast of the economy. So he says that, but he again he says, we're not really sure. We're just not really sure what's going what's going on in the economy what's going on right now. But right now they don't have a recession forecast. So they that and they would have a recession forecast if they thought they were tight enough. I, I find that interesting. A little bit later in the press conference, um, he says this. Let's play now cut 13. The committee is not thinking about rate cuts right now at all. We're not talking about rate cuts. We're still very focused on the first question, which is, have we re- have we achieved a stance of monetary policy that's sufficiently restrictive to bring, in- bring inflation down to two percent over time sustainably? That is the question we're focusing on. The next question, as you know, will be: for how long will we remain restrictive? Will policy remain restrictive? And what we said there is that we'll, we'll keep policy restrictive until we're confident that inflation is is on a sustainable path down to two percent. That'll be the next question. But honestly, right now we're really tightly focused on the first question. He's asked a few times, you know, have you talked about rate cuts? And he gets almost to that formulation that he used uh, that he used when they were on pause on that extended pause where they said they weren't raised. You know, we haven't talked about talking about raising rates. He this time he almost used exactly the same formulation. We haven't talked about talking about rate cuts. Okay, Um we are still very focused on the first question, which is, have we achieved a stance of monetary policy that's sufficiently restrictive to bring down to two percent, bring inflation down to two percent over time sustainably? Okay, he says. So first, I got to figure out, am I at the right level? Then I've got to figure out whether this, whether I've got the right level for enough for a long enough period of time, and only after that. Only after that can I start asking, is it time to reduce rates? He says, we haven't gotten through the first phase yet. So, you know, and rate cuts are the third phase. So let me at least get to cut to phase two before you get um, before you get to, to phase uh, to phase three. Right. Um, Steve Leisman asked about about the one more rate cut that's in the old SEP statement. I'm just going to play this quickly because this is a very short cut. Um, to play that because I do want to get to this other cut that was really interesting. So let me play. Let me play this quickly. Asked about whether or not there's still a bias to raise rates one more time. Implied about the SEP. Powell says this cut 14. We haven't used that term, but y- y- it's fair to say that's the question we're asking: is should we hike more? 
it's not, it's not, you know, and that, that, that is the question, and you're right, that it, in September we wrote down one additional rate hike, but, you know, we'll write down another forecast, as you know, in December. Right. So what he's basically saying is December is a live meeting. It, it's not that they're going to raise rates, but it's not that they're not going to raise rates. He simply, he's got two more. So he had two more job reports. He got one yesterday. He's got two more inflation reports before they meet again. So he's got a lot of incoming data on which he can make that last call. He's just not ready to tie his hands yet. Let's take a break here. We'll come back, and I'm going to play you that cut that just kind of like, wow, right after this on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Ready for an unforgettable night of laughter with hilarious comedian Jeff Allen. I married a tough one. Tammy's a tough woman. First thing she did when we got married was take my spine away from me. She keeps it in her purse. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff Allen's Are We There Yet comedy tour. Three o'clock in the morning. I heard a noise. Here's your spine. Go down and see what it was. Comedian Jeff Allen will be in town on Thursday, November 16th, and you can save up to $10 per ticket. Just visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Everything is expensive right now. Gas, food, you name it. You're spending more, you're making the same or less money. So, what do you do? You rack up credit card debt, that's what you do. It's not your fault, it's the economy. And guess what? If you rack up too much credit card debt like some of us, you can't pay your bills. Then the credit card companies, as nice as they are, start hounding you for money. Then you start your downward spiral. A smart thing for you to do is to call the Zero Debt. They can help you consolidate all your credit card bills into one affordable payment. Millions of people have done it. It works to make you debt-free. Make this free call right now. It costs you nothing to learn more. 800-620-4610. 800-620-4610. That's 800-620-4610. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is Jane Robolo, co-host on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. When it comes to supporting local food banks or raising money for those in need, our listeners know they can count on this station to lend a helping hand. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio monthly for community connection. A new bill in Congress would ensure AM radio remains free in vehicles. If you value this station, help ensure it stays in vehicles for the next generation by visiting DependOnAM.com. 
Welcome back. King Daniels Show, the Biz 1440. We're going through the Jay Powell press conference. Just have a couple clips of him left here, but this one of these is is about in in doing these clips, and uh, this show relies on audio from from uh, policymakers and analysts more than I would think just about any other radio program you'll listen to. Um, we typically have sort of a rule on the show that we try to keep our clips at about 30 to 40 seconds. We don't think you want to listen to someone do a long dissertation, other than your your humble host. Um, but this is one time where I think I actually have to play you a little more than a minute of somebody. And this is actually a minute and 21 seconds. It's longer than I almost ever want something to hear. But here's why. Throughout... This hike cycle for the last year and a half, it has been the it has been said by Paul during FOMC press conferences and in speeches and by several other folks that there's a period of time in which there's going to have to be pain in the economy, that there's going to have to be a rise in unemployment, that there's that there's likely to be a recession, and and he and yet. He, we keep ending up, even with the jobs report we had yesterday that we just discussed here on the show in the last hour. The unemployment rate is still below 4%. And so we haven't seen the pain. And he's and so uh, Rachel Siegel from the Washington Post, uh, one of their uh, business reporters, asks, have you changed your mind? Have you decided maybe this isn't working the way you think? Do you have a... Do you have a bad model? And he actually digs in to say, no, look, there's there's multiple things going on. We think we had the model right, but I I still think that the the pain will be there. So listen to how he describes his model here. And like, like I said, this is this is a little bit longer, but I hope you'll find that it's worth it. Cut fifteen, please. We lifted off. We we have understood that there are really two processes at work here, one of, them, one of which is the unwinding of the distortions to both supply and demand from the pandemic and the response to the pandemic. And the other is, is you know, restrictive monetary policy, which is moderating demand and giving the supply side time to, time to recover, time and space to recover. So you see those two forces now working together to bring down inflation. But it's that, that first one can bring down inflation without the need for higher unemployment or slower growth. It's just, it's supply, you know, supply side improvements like um, shortages and bottlenecks and that kind of thing going away. It's getting, you know, a significant increase in the size of the labor market now, both from labor force participation and from immigration. That's a big supply side, uh, you know, gain that is really helping the economy. And it's part of why, part of why GDP is so high is because we're getting that, that supply. So we welcome that. Um, but I think those things will run their course, and we're probably still going to be left, we think, and I think, we'll still be left with, a, with some ground to cover to get back to full price stability. And, and that's where monetary policy and, and what we do in, with demand is, is still going to be important. That's an amazing set of conversations, right? It says you have the entire strategy right there. We have this bottleneck that's happening from supply constraints. We stopped on demand by raising rates rapidly to keep those bottlenecks from having inflation shoot up. Uh, and, and I think their fear was 
embed themselves into inflation expectations. Now, most rationally con- rational expectations, new classical, whatever you want to call us, types of economists would say, rational actors looking at a bottleneck do not take that to be a permanent condition. They would not write up their inflation expectations as a result of that. Clearly, Powell doesn't, didn't, and the Fed didn't believe that, was worried about that, and so did, did that. The, uh, right? So he says, look, right now, both supply is expanding as well as demand being held back. That's helping inflation, but that expansion in supply is strong enough that we're not seeing the increase in unemployment, right? So he's saying just because rates are going up, don't reason from that to think that there must be a recession. There doesn't have to be. I think that's fabulous. I think that's a very astute statement by him. But he then says one more thing is like, well, maybe, but maybe not, which is at some point the improvements on the supply side have to come to an end. True. And then he says, says um, we're going to be left. We're going to be left with some ground to cover to get back to full price stability. Well, sir, the reason you got ground to cover to get back to full, full price price stability was massive quantitative easing and holding back on inflation for too long. But this is a statement where the Fed simply said, "Hey, and this is a place where I think markets kind of took off as a result of this and." It was very interesting. Last night on Wall Street Week, Larry Summers was trying not to be too critical, but actually said something sharp in response to some of the some of the era of good feelings that's been happening around around Fed policy. He says this this is cut number eighteen. In response to uh, Fed meetings. I think smoother communications that induces less sharp volatility would uh, probably be would probably be better, though it's obviously a very difficult role that the chairman uh, has. So he wasn't thrilled with the fact that the, the Fed seemed to be indicating, hey, we might be able to get inflation out of here without a recession, which goes contrary to what Summers has said. Summers, said, Summers is even more firm on there's going to be a period where we're going to end up with a recession because it's the only way to get the inflation out of the system. Powell is saying we've benefited from from supply chain repairs, from uh, you know from labor market participation increase in a way that has allowed us to get a handle on inflation without causing a recession yet. But he says I'm skeptical that we can get all the way to where we want to be without a recession happening. I don't know why I don't know why they're kind of batting at each other like this, but they appear to be. One more thing from the Powell press conference. He says this as well. This is cut number 16. So committee is not considering uh, changing the pace of balance sheet runoff. It's not something we're talking about or considering. Um, and I, I know there are, there are many candidate explanations for why rates have been going up. Uh, and QT is certainly on that list. It may be playing a relatively small effect, although I would say at $3.3 trillion in reserves, it's not, I, think, I think it's hard to make a case that reserves are even close to scarce at this point. I found that interesting because they have admitted a couple times in the past, most recently in 2019, that they ran off reserves uh, through a quantitative tightening process and got surprised by a sudden stop in financial markets where short-term rates 
spike to numbers that made no sense whatsoever, where all of a sudden you'd see no activity and rates being quoted at 10, 12 percent, happened last in 2019. That one felt a little too glib, and I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's what, I don't know if that's what, uh, what Summers was referring to, but I found I found that comment quite interesting. In fact, let me play out the the last comment that uh, Larry Summers made. This was last night on Wall Street Week, uh, cut number 19. And I think that, in general, the kind of very dramatic response we've seen in interest rates this week, the longer term, and in stock prices make me not as certain as many people that the job of containing inflation is over and uh, that the war is done. So, Summer, I wanted to play those two back-to-back because clearly Summers left the press conference. He wasn't at the press conference. But watching the press conference, his reaction is that everyone seems to think that the Fed's declaring victory. I don't think so. And that's why I really wanted to play that clip, uh, that that longish clip, and particularly those last those last few comments that he makes, um, in which um, I got to go find find it on the transcript again. Um, I think those things, the meaning the supply side changes, will run their course, and we're going to still be left with some ground to cover to get back to full price stability. I think he's been clear on that. And while I haven't been too critical of, of Dr. Summers very often, in this case I think maybe maybe a little maybe a little over the top on on that one. Let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz 1440. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5. Here on the Biz 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. This decade may be the worst one yet to retire in. That's why you need the most current retirement information. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson has been helping investors stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. Now, more than ever, you need to subscribe to Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. Bob makes sure his Retirement Watch readers are getting independent advice on all aspects of retirement. It's advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get 12 months of the newsletter. You'll also get five model portfolios. 
videos. Plus, you'll get immediate access to the Retirement Watch private website with tons of special reports. You'll also get an online spending calculator to help you deal with inflation. Plus, exclusive conference calls with Bob Carlson, answering your retirement questions live, all for as little as $49.95. Try it for 30 days, and if you're not satisfied, cancel and we'll refund your money. Sound fair? Sign up today at retirementelders.com. Retirementelders.com. That's retirementelders.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boom box that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. The Ramsey Show. I plan to keep my previous primary residence. I wouldn't keep that other house. You're in debt up your eyeballs, man. And you went to a brokerage account for a down payment. You're curling the two hairs I have left. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Live on the Biz 1440. The Ramsey Show. You're also supposed to enjoy money. Now, some of you that overspend out there, you spend like you're in Congress, you don't have any issue with this enjoying money thing. Enjoying money without overdoing it is a sign of maturity. The Ramsey Show. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Oh, that. I have to tell you, there's like, I think, two listeners who always tweet at me whenever we play that. Uh, like, oh, I love that. So, thank you. You, made, you made, made a few people happy here on the show today, Spencer. Good job. Uh, 651-289-4477. Last, last segment of the show today. Clearly, the market went a little looked at the FOMC statement, looked at the data yesterday, and are getting to the point where they think we're done. Interest rates fell by a lot over the last week. We're not used to seeing moves that are this this high. Um, and, and I think the Federal Reserve and, and Powell and others have been trying very hard to say, don't read too much into this um but he uh so uh neil kashkari at the uh at the minnesota economics club yesterday uh kashkari the president of the minneapolis fed for those of you who might be unaware um says hey the jobs report suggests that the labor market is slowing which we're looking for that's helpful he says it gives comp i'm reading from a Bloomberg report. It gives us more comfort that the economy is moving back into balance, but I don't want to overreact to one jobs report. Apparently, the the you know the the uh, um, the financial markets don't necessarily agree with you, uh, President Kashkari. President Bostic on uh, on uh, a Bloomberg interview yesterday after the jobs report was saying, well, yeah, there's jobs report, that's fine, but I'm actually getting data from talking to people, generally speaking, and I'm, I'm seeing pretty much the, the same thing. Uh, let's play this. This is cut number two.
the period that was really unusual for me, everybody was saying the same thing, which is that things are slowing down. We are seeing the economy start to, quote, normalize as a thing that people have been saying relative to this, this, hot, pre, this hot pandemic period. When I get unanimity in that, that tells me that there's something that's happening on the ground that is probably stronger than what I might see in the data. And as I've noted to uh, to you on the show, our survey results have continued, and we're beginning to field another another uh, survey here this week. Um, our survey results have been pretty clear that we're having a uh, a slowdown in the um, we're having us we're, we're seeing slowdown uh, being told to us by other people. In fact, I'm. Uh, I'm meeting with a few local bankers here over the next few days to have a conversation about what they're seeing, uh, two or three people who I, I can tell you have been very helpful. So I think you can't just rely on the data. I think you have to rely on talks like this. And so I'm glad to see people like Kashkari and Bostic out visiting folks in community and, and getting sort of on-the-ground reports. Uh, Bostic uh, continued. There's one more thing interesting in his Remarks this on uh, this was on Bloomberg in an interview with Mike McKee yesterday. Cut three. Data, even though they did come in very strong in September, if you looked over a longer term trend, it still said that the economy was moderating. And those two things together made me very comfortable with the notion that we still have time to like watch, be patient. Uh, and be cautious and make sure that we understand the trends and don't overreact to any single data point. So I think it's also important to keep your keep your powder dry because there's still n- numerous things that are out there that have the potential to cause issues. One's coming up, right? We, we're less than two weeks from the end of the short-term uh, spending, uh, spending bill, that uh, appropriations bill that uh, Congress passed um, that led to, the, uh, led to the demise of Speaker McCarthy. So now Speaker Johnson has to come up with a plan for how to keep the government open past November 17th. What impact will that have? I still am interested in the fact that the Treasury is making plans for for issuing additional debt um, that uh, would indicate it's trying to avoid paying, buying, or selling debt on, on the long end of the maturity spectrum. They actually cut it out so it's basically a three, I'm trying to remember what the middle number is, I think three, seven, and 30. And they basically chopped it to a third, a third, a third in that. Which means that all that debt that you're going to issue on three years, you're going to, again, you're going to have to go back and reissue that uh, in 2026, in 2027. Will interest rates be substantially lower then? I'm not convinced that's true. Um, my forecast for long-term bonds right now is that that is basically WYSIWYG. What you see is what you're going to get. What you're going to get for a while, right? You're going to be you're going to be on this rate, I believe, for the next for at least for the next six to eight months. I I think the same is true on the mortgage side. I think I I think rates get a little stuck here. Because between because I don't think people have correctly yet figured out that the Fed, when the Federal Reserve says higher for longer, 
they really do mean longer. Okay, I tweeted uh, using the hashtag pound KBRS yesterday. I'll look at the uh, I'll look at the graphics for um, for the uh, for the Fed funds rate. <laughs> Excuse me. In June, um, in June, the target probabilities would give you only a 14 percent chance now that rates would be where they are today, whereas a month ago. That was at 40%. So the market has listened to what they've seen and taken that to be that the Fed's going to drop rates sooner rather than later. Um, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on that. And, I'm, and so I'm in the camp of saying, if you know, of saying, plan on interest rates being higher for longer. Plan on whatever recession that might happen uh, over the next few months, and you think I'd be a little, little timid saying anything about a recession after that call last year. But any recession that happens will be pretty short, pretty mild. Um, but the Fed doesn't think its work is done yet, and has been saying this pretty consistently. Even when Bostic says, "I want to be patient," that's not a no, not ever. It just means not yet on raising rates. And I think that is, in, that is, in fact, the right stance for us all to take is watch and wait and don't try to predict now what's happening in April. What I'll tell you is we'll be here next week on the King Banging Show on The Biz 1440. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you. And without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years. And it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager. Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Our 
Kirby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.